What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. can't expect that everyone is as passionate about racing as we are. We can't expect that everyone is able to hear the silent call of the sea at 5am. Not everyone possesses the ability to smell the difference between rich and lean. nor the ear to differentiate the bark of two cylinders from four. It would not be fair of us to assume that the world understands the yearning and overwhelming compulsion that we have to push through pain, angst, frustration and failure. Some people might not understand the desire to test physical limits, conquer fear, or to tangle with the forces of gravity and physics. But we don't make product for them. to the future but embrace our past we study we analyze we race on Sunday so we can innovate on Monday we exercise trial and error religiously Through our commitment to the pursuit of perfection, we learn. How to make product for the people that are capable of dedicating everything to sport. Whether there is a championship involved or not. Alpine stars, one goal, one vision.
25 Molo here from Grunball. Kingsley turns that far sideways. Brian the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallon Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, Viral Goggle Bread, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Fly Racing, FMF, W Wheels USA, and Maxima Racing Oils. I'm your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, we've got none other than Scott Burnworth, the burner. How's it going? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Brad? Hey, I'm not doing too bad whatsoever. It's a uh, cold and gloomy day here in uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba. I don't know why I always give people uh, a weather uh, report on this podcast, especially because most of them listen to it uh, on an archive many days after this. But uh, nevertheless, uh, fall is officially here. Uh, all of the, the uh, leaves are completely changing, and I'm reminded now that uh, Manitoba has four seasons, and uh, I lo- that's why I love California so much, because I was there last uh-huh. January, and I'm pretty sure you guys only have one season. That's funny you mentioned that because just the last uh, week it's it's gotten, or actually just in the last couple of days it's gotten kind of fall-like here, and we're just going, wow, what is happening? You know, it's been up in the hundreds like for the last couple of weeks, and uh, it's kind of a good good thing for a change, you know. No kidding. Get out there and uh, and and actually enjoy some rideable weather. I can't imagine you guys riding in the middle of jet, middle of August. Uh, it's been like uh, in, in upwards of 100 degrees, which is not something I've ever even like experienced. I, I thought it was warm in Feb in January, February when I was there, and uh, and you guys were all like just loving the the, temp- the, the mid mid 80s uh, the temperatures uh, when it wasn't raining last January. You, know, you guys had lots of heat and lots of rain last January, but. Uh, um, as as always, having you on the show, you are a repeat offender, and uh, you're not only a motocross legend in your own right, but uh, an integral member over at uh, Maxima Oil. So, uh, what, what's 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 new and exciting in uh, in the world of uh, Scott Burnworth? Uh, well, you know, just doing a little racing here, and you know, a little work, you know, Maxima, and uh, just uh, you know, I don't do, I don't do a lot of practicing during the week or anything like that. I do. Uh, you know, I'll mountain bike and whatnot, and and uh, other than that, I for my vintage stuff, I just pretty much race the races. I don't race, I don't ride a lot in between. So um, I don't know. I guess it's it comes over when it's when it's a hundred uh, degrees out. I I kind of just you know chill out and wait till the races come. Yeah, you can kind of uh, sit back and uh, and, and uh, pick your spots, especially on a on a vintage machine. Which for most people, uh, like the the consensus opinion on vintage bikes is that uh, you dress them up nice, you put them just the way you want them, and you leave them uh, uh, on the stand just to look at. But uh, and like mainly because when you do ride these things, they tend to break. They tend to uh, have a lot of uh, wear and tear on them, and they're it's tough to find parts. Um, what would you say is the most challenging part about uh, keeping a vintage bike uh, like yours? together because uh, I know your Suzuki is uh, one of the prettiest out there. 
Um, actually, it's been pretty good. I mean, you know, it's a newer, you know, it's a newer, relatively, uh, relatively newer bike compared to, you know, like a 74, 75, you know, single, you know, two-shock uh, bike. And um, it's been pretty reliable. We had a little mishap at Paris this last weekend. We just had, I think it was like in the power valve, something came disconnected. Uh, so we kind of lost some power there, but not a big deal. We, we're getting it fixed, and it's going to be all ready to go. Um, other than that, I mean, we've been pretty lucky so far, you know. So things stay together pretty good. It, it works really good, runs really good, and uh, it's a lot of fun. For sure. Now, yeah, like you said, that that is one of the uh, the newest models that you usually ride. You're, you're often found on on an OSA uh, or, or or something along those lines. Uh, what made you decide to uh, to build up an old RM? Um, you know, I was at a race in Arizona. Uh, it's probably been about five years now, and this guy had this bike for sale. It was the '87, you know, RM125, and I'm like, I'm thinking, hmm, that'd be kind of cool to you know, build up, and, and, you know, I used to race for Suzuki, so I've always yeah. kind of been a Suzuki guy, too, so I'm like, that'd be kind of cool, so I, you know, I bought it, I brought it back, it sat for a while, and, um, you know, I finally got it done with the help of a couple of good friends of mine, uh, Gary Faxon, pretty much put it all together, and, and uh, Keith Linus did the uh, motor for it, and, um, yeah, I didn't do a whole lot of work on it myself. Um, I can't take a lot of the credit, but um, it came out really good, and and uh, I, I liked it a lot. For sure, I got a lot of uh, got a lot of love on social media. Anyone who posted it uh, was was subject to a lot of likes and, and shares and everything like that. It's a beautiful motorcycle, and it was on display last year at the uh, the Carlsbad reunion. Uh, but uh, not not long ago, you put the thing on the ground. Uh, what what uh, what forced you to the ground uh, on on that on your machine? I think this isn't even this last race uh, on Sunday, but a couple weeks ago. Yeah, no, that was at my race, the SoCal Vintage Race up at Glen Helen. And, um, you know, I usually try to get out there for a few motos during the day when I'm, when I'm promoting, you know, just to relieve some of the stress. And, uh, I got out there on the RM. I think I forget what class it was. It's, uh, I don't even know. It was, you know, 125 expert, whatever. And, um, I was just not, not a ton of guys in the race. I was out there just having fun, just trying to, you know, stay cool and, and, uh, get some exercise. You know, relieve some stress, and and I'm going to this long uh, sand section that you had to kind of turn into it. So you were turning when you're going into the whoop sand section, and I was going pretty fast because it was off a, a straightaway. Yeah. And I just when I was turning the the front end just tucked a little bit, and it was just like, bam, like that, just swapped out, laid out in the in the sand whoops. Uh, luckily it was sandy because I didn't, I didn't get hurt too bad. I, I hit my chin, uh, a little bit and it, that kind of hurt. And, uh, other than that, I, you know, a few tweaks here and there, but luckily no broken bones. No doubt. No, hopefully, uh, you were okay as well as the motorcycle. Did you, um, make it back to the pits and immediately put on your, uh, 1980s, uh, Suzuki jacket? Because, uh, after your mom found out that thing and you were wearing it last year at the reunion, that is one cool piece huh. of history. Yeah, I still, I have it right here in my office on my wall. Uh, nice. it's like, you know, 
ultra shiny vinyl, you know, Japanese model. It's pretty cool. No kidding. But uh, so, like this last weekend, when you're when you're racing a vintage bike, like what what goes into preparing a, a vintage bike in difference to say a modern bike, or uh, just preparing yourself to uh, to to race on 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 older uh, older uh, technology? Actually, for you know for that bike, uh, you know for my RM, that's considered a post vintage bike, and you know you can pretty much go on any track like you know a modern bike can. You know, because you can do all the jumps and whatnot because it has, you know, good suspension. Um, the change is when you're riding like a 74 or something like that. You know, we can't ride on, you know, uh, jumps that are, you know, with steep faces and, and double jumps and hard landings and what and whatnot. Because um, it's just too harsh and, I mean, you you break the bike and break your body pretty much fair so, enough so, you know it's uh it, it's there's a lot of body english that goes into riding those older bikes i imagine yeah they're really they're actually really fun when you get the the right track it's almost like riding bmx because you you can still do jumps and stuff as long as you're you're you know clearing them and you know it flows really well and there's not a lot of uh chop holes and stuff like that and when it were the smooth like vintage friendly track it's it's awesome really totally you got you gotta see if there's a a little bit in the the budget for for maxima to send you over to the uh the vintage mx uh more across the nations i think they're having that this week uh mike brown is over yeah. there racing uh but there's some relics that come out of the woodwork there and uh, i don't know how the the euros seem to have this innate ability to get their hands on some work works parts but uh what's amazing is they have these absolute trailer queens that show up and they don't ride them all year long but those guys go out there on a completely grass track and uh, they let whoever like the, some of the pros that are invited to the thing absolutely hammer on these bikes and uh yeah. and they, they they only bring them out the once a year that you got to check that out at some point that's funny you mentioned that because i actually did go to that race in 2011 okay. we were like the first kind of u.s u.s team that went over there for that it was myself um jim gibson chuck son and jeff stanton and um, it, it was a lot of, I mean, it's an incredible race. It's like a bucket list race you want to go to and check out. I mean, not just for the racing, um, but it's it's a huge race. I mean, just, you know, tons of, you know, killer bikes. I mean, people are, you know, just partying, you know, in the, in the paddock. And, you know, it's really fun, really friendly people. Well, that being said, like whenever you go to an event like that, I I know that there's got to be a lot of fans, especially of like the '70s, '80s moto that uh, are are still like they remember your heyday when you were in your prime. What what are some of the stories that like are often recounted uh, as far as uh, like when fans meet their favorite racer or, or racer they looked up to from uh, from like uh, when they were racing? Uh, they often like they'll they'll give them their best memory of whoever that that happens to be. Who uh, who is somebody that uh, that are like, what are some of the things that get brought up when people meet you? Well, pretty much the number one thing that people mention when they talk to me is, I saw you at the 1986 Anaheim Supercross. Yes. <laughs> and that was, you know, for me, it wasn't that good. But no, it was you, you one of the most, <laughs> Yeah, I got punted <laughs> in the second corner. 
And uh, so that is probably the most, when I talk to somebody, hey, I remember 1986. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. No one will let you forget that one. What about uh, a positive memory, though? Oh, shoot. I mean, you know, I, I don't know any races in particular that are mentioned, but it's just like, you know, I used to get a, a lot of hole shots in my day. And, okay. um, you know, so they say, oh, yeah, I thought you hole shot at this, hole shot at that. And I'm like, yeah, I, I did get a few. For sure. No, lots of hole shots and some good-looking gear. When everyone else was rocking pretty much, like, every, like you look at some old photos, it doesn't matter what the gear company was, almost everyone wore a white top, and whether it was usually black bottoms or uh, red bottoms, something like that, but uh, there's a lot of pictures of you heading into the first corner dressed in black and red, especially, I believe that was 85 yeah. on a Yamaha. Um, it was 86, yeah. 86, there you go. What? what uh, how did that come, al- come along, and uh, you're, I, I know you're, uh, you're kind of almost uh, synonymous with that uh, kind of that look that was uh, pretty menacing for the time. Well, that was uh, a line that Thor came up uh, that year, or I guess, it was, you know, probably a year before that. It was called Black Market. And then it just happened that I signed with Thor in 86. So, you know, they needed somewhere to debut it. And uh, it seemed to work out pretty good for me because uh, actually I, a lot of people remember that. You know, I used to see you, you know, wearing the black gear. That was so rad. Ah, you know, so it was pretty cool. Uh, a little hot, you know, when it got hot out, but uh, it was it was pretty neat. I imagine it probably was pretty hot, but probably not as hot as uh, Jeff Emig's uh, all-black gear that he wore in 96, that, or 97, rather. That stuff was literally like thick cotton. I don't know how he pulled that off. Yeah, you know what? Pretty much uh, I only wore that that black stuff in the Supercrosses, so yeah. we weren't in, out in 100-degree heat like the Nationals. I usually wore uh, the white stuff. It was the same gear, but... It was in white and red, and it kind of matched the Yamahas, so I always wore that stuff. Uh, I don't, I don't know how guys wear black out, and it, it definitely makes it hotter for sure. Definitely, like I've, uh, I've uh, pulled the, uh, the. Intimidation card a couple of times. I had some all black stuff a couple of years ago. Go to the line in uh, in all black and in, in uh, like nine degree heat, and everyone's thinking you're totally uh, out to lunch. And then uh, somewhere near the halfway flag, you realize that that was a terrible, terrible idea, and uh, and it's actually backfired on you. But uh, um, it's 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 interesting to see that you you'd been riding that gear, and uh, I think it was it's something that sticks out to fans. I, I'm sure that uh, when they do see you, uh, a lot of positive things to, uh, do come up from that. Yeah, it's actually uh, pretty cool for vintage, actually, these days, because, you know, vintage race, you're only out there for four or five laps, you know, 15 minutes, so it doesn't really matter, you know. So I'm rocking the Fast House uh, black gear now, Yeah, and uh, it works pretty good. No kidding, that stuff is really cool. The, the Fast House stuff, like, I've actually been told that uh, um, from, from, from Kenny Alexander himself that um, – that there's rival companies that will go into their design meeting and on like all around the whole wall of all, all like basically like the, around all the designers, they've got fast house jerseys uh, on the walls. Just like we got to try and match that because that's the hot, yeah, the hot I, new look. I, which is, I kind of well, see that kind of a few companies kind of mimicking that look and uh, totally, yeah, cool because Kenny comes from a uh, you know uh, about the same era 
you know, when I was racing minis and, you know, he's still into vintage and, and doing all that stuff. And, and uh, so that's kind of where the whole, you know, vibe comes from, and, which is really cool. And um, he still appreciates it. And like all the races, you know, all day in the dirt and all that, you know, there's, there's a lot of vintage uh, motocross influence, which is really cool. No kidding. What's old is is new again with uh, with the fast house. Those guys always come out with some pretty pretty uh, unique looking stuff, and a lot of it is just like they're taking ideas from from back in the day and just uh, putting a, a tiny bit of a modern uh, spin on it, or maybe just a, a modern fit to it. Uh, I, I'm always amazed that um, the the motocross jerseys from like late '70s, early '80s were like super vented, really light material, and then you move into the 90s and you've got like just like straight up polyester or cotton, and you're like, what what happened here? <laughs> yeah, I think I, I was that like one year at Thor, we had like a little, it, was, it wasn't it was a turtleneck, but it had like terry cloth on the inside. I mean, it was yeah. kind of soaked up the, the uh, sweat pretty good, but it's, it, you know, all those jerseys, they didn't have the, the technical fabrics like they do today where it's just, you know, they're really light and they breathe and you know, or they keep you warm. Hey, everyone. Let's take a break and listen to some commercials quickly. Then we'll be right back to the podcast. Thanks for listening. FlyRacing.com is the home of quality and innovation. The design team at Fly tirelessly rebuild and retool premium lines like the Evolution 2.0 and Light Hydrogen with features like Zipper Lock to prevent closure failures and EVO's BOA technology, which ensures the perfect fit. Complete your protective gear combo head-to-toe with Fly Racing F2 Carbon MIPS Retrospect and Fly's entry into the premium boot segment with their sector. All products and colorways are available at FlyRacing.com. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with Oats and Bran. Oats and Bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. Hey, this is Zach Cummins. All you hosers, quit listening to Nickelback and jump on over to the Big MX Radio Show. Hey, Big MX listeners, it's time for another commercial break. Please listen carefully to these, and we'll be right back to the show. Thanks. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now, and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples, and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. 
and I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. Hey, Big MX fans. Thanks for listening to this podcast and hope you're enjoying them. I want you guys to head on over to TractionMX.com. TractionMX is the place to get your seat covers for any bike that you have, whether it be a Husqvarna, Kawasaki, Suzuki, Yamaha, KTM, you name it. These guys have a great seat cover for you. They're durable, they're flashy, they're eye-catching, and they're one-of-a-kind. The reason why they're one-of-a-kind is because you design your own. You pick the fabrics, you pick the ribs, you pick the everything all the way down to the stitching uh, color that they use on the seat cover itself. Traction MX is your one-stop shop to set your bike apart from the herd 110%. These seat covers start at just $69.95 American, and uh, the average turnaround is a one to two weeks. One to two weeks from now, you could have a bike that's looking completely different than it does right now. So head on over to TractionMX.com, start shopping, start designing, and make something special like for you today. Going viral with Viral Brand. Viral Brand is setting its sights on being one of the leading brands in the extreme sports market. From supercross to snowcross and snowboarding, and everything in between. Viral Brand is working hard to not only bring you premium products, quality eyewear, and killer style, but award-winning support with every sport. Head on over to theviralbrand.com and get tinted lenses, clear lenses, 10-pack of tear-offs, and goggle bag for only $59.99. Viral Brand products are available in the U.S., Canada, and Australia and used exclusively by the Barn Pros Racing MX Home Depot Yamaha team for the 2017 season. Go viral with the viral brand. That's so true. But uh, let, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Maxima Racing Oils and and lubricants. Uh, you're a, they're a huge sponsor of uh, of Big MX Radio. We run their their banner ads on uh, on our website, and uh, and for good reason. Every single product that uh, that I need as far as lubricants or 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 oil for my motorcycle is has always been Maxima, and uh, I think that's a conscious decision on my part because I know what I'm going to get from those products. I know that I'm going to get performance, and I'm going to have reliability, and I know what I'm going to get. So uh, I always keep continue going back to that. What's new and exciting as far as, uh, as far as Maxima is concerned? You know, um, there, we've expanded into the bicycle, the bike market and the um, performance auto market. So that's, you know, evolving and getting a lot bigger. And, but we always got our, you know, bread and butter, the, the, you know, the power sports. And uh, so it's all growing pretty good. You know, it's, it's just a solid company and uh, make quality products, always always looking for, you know, innovative uh, new products to come out with, um, you know, making sure everything that that is in stock is, is, is all top-notch and um, just a, it's a good place to work and um, I enjoy it because I've, I've known, you know, I started back when Dick Machine uh, – own the company and and I grew up with Ronnie and, and Dick and uh, and I'm and I'm still working there, which is kind of cool. 
what's it like to work with a guy like Ron Lachine? Like, is he there at like 7 a.m. sharp, ready to go, like pencil sharp, and uh, and and, and uh, first guy in the meetings welcoming new ideas, or or uh, what's it like working with Ronnie? Um, actually, Ronnie is pretty. He's pretty good. He, you know, we we start at six o'clock over there. We do uh, six six. Uh, do four uh, ten hour days a week. So it's okay, uh, cool. six, six to five. So yeah, Ron's real good. Uh, he he heads up all the writer support, and uh, he does a good job on it uh, actually. And uh, uh, I don't know. I I don't see him a ton just because we're in different different departments and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it's fun working with Ron. What's a day in the life uh, at uh, at Maxima look like for you as far as uh, is your schedule and the things that are uh, coming your way? Well, it seems like every day is pretty much something different because I I manage uh, the advertising and the social media and and a lot of the um, you know the products as far as packaging and and related stuff like that along with uh, 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 my partner um, Randy Comins. And um, so we pretty much do all the media stuff there at Maxima. Um, so pretty much every day there's something different. You know, it's, it's you know, labels, um, you know, taking care of the social media, um, working on promotional stuff, um, manage the ad calendar, um, you know, that type of, that type of stuff. Fair enough. Well, that, that does sound really involved, especially with uh, uh, basically having to, uh, to promote a, a company that uh, is already really well known. It's it is that the biggest challenge with a company like that is trying to uh, is, is tell people what they don't already like, like they think they already know everything about Maxima, and you have to like reinform them or or, or get, get, catch their attention as to the new things that are coming out, or, as well as their uh, the already trusted products that you guys use and, and manufacture. Um, like aside from all the, the work that you're, you're getting thrown at every single day, you've already you've like you have different races that you uh, that you put on, as well as yeah. one of my favorite events, which I'm sure is going to make a return for I believe a sixth or seventh year, seven years, uh, which is the uh, the Carlsbad reunion. And I was I was lucky enough to be in attendance last year. Um, tell tell me a little bit about that event and uh, and and what you got cooking for uh, 2018. Oh, one more one more thing I want to mention uh, with Maxima, of course, and pretty exciting new thing. Like every year we do a, a, a nine twenty seven day, so that's on nine twenty seven seventeen, and uh, it's to you know feature our Castor nine twenty seven, which was one of the, the first products oil in the world. It was one of the it was the first product ever made by Maxima, so that's how really? the start the uh, company started. Yeah, so I did not this, know that. Yeah, so this year we we're doing a special thing. We're doing a ride day at Paris Raceway, and for the first hundred uh, two-stroke riders, you get a free 16-ounce bottle of 927. So Boom. That, that's pretty cool. 
Yeah. No kidding. Uh, a bottle of 927 to go with the one that's probably in their toolbox uh, already because uh, I know that's what I've used since I was a young kid, uh, like uh, mixing gas and hauling ass. And uh, honestly, for me, uh, and I've talked to many mechanics, uh, whether it's Dave Feeney or uh, or the great um, Chad Watts, they'll only trust one oil to, uh, to, to work on a two-stroke with, and that's uh, for good reason. It's the Castor 927. I'm, I'm a huge activist for that uh, that particular product because uh, it just it just performs. It burns nice and clean. Exactly. It happens to smell amazing. And uh, honestly, I've never had a single issue using that oil. Yeah, it's an awesome oil. I mean, I you know, I I actually use um, Formula K2 in, in my uh, RM just, just to try something different. But um, I use that as well. Um, I kind of switch off and um, so yeah, it's a great oil and uh, a lot of people use it in two strokes, that's for sure. Boom. Well, if you're in the, uh, the Paris area on uh, the 27th, is, is there, is it actually, is the ride day on the 27th itself? Yep. It's on the 27th at Paris. 9-27-2017. Make sure you make your way down to Paris Raceway. If you got a two-stroke and you and you get down there early enough, you may be one of the lucky recipients of a 16-ounce bottle of Castor 9-27, which uh, is is uh, honestly one of your it's the the flagship product for you guys, and uh, it'll continue to be because you that 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 is great stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It should should be a fun day. We're looking to build on that, you know, maybe uh, branch it out to other tracks, you know, in the next, you know, year or so, and uh, if we can, you know, build on it. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully, that's something you got to uh, circle on the calendar. But uh, last year, I had the pleasure of meeting Warren Reed, Brad Lackey, Rex Staten, uh, Larry Myers. Uh, it was, uh, you name it, like Brock Glover was there, Scott Burnworth was there. Uh, there was an absolute wealth of uh, of, of of talent and legends in this one particular event happened to be the Carlsbad reunion happened at uh, it's it's Beer Brothers right uh, Booze Brothers yeah Booze Brothers that's right Booze Brothers in uh, uh, yeah. tell me a little bit about that event and uh, and how awesome that is to enjoy well um, I think this is probably the fifth year now I started it just as a fun thing I go hey you know it might be cool to do something. Uh, right after the San Diego Supercross where I could kind of grab some of the, you know, famous guys from years past or, or present. And uh, because it's, I do it on Sunday, which is, you know, the day after the Supercross, and some of those guys are going home or, you know, they're still in town. So I've got some uh, pretty big names to come, which is, it's, it's like a dream for me. You know, I was a little kid looking at magazines and a lot of these guys, you know. So to have them just at a casual type of event, it's just, it's been amazing. And it's it's a lot of fun to do because, I, you know, it's not a race where I have to put on a bunch of races and do sign-ups and all this stuff. It's just you come hang out, you know, drink a couple beers, you know, look at some cool bikes and talk to a lot of people and and, and and relive the whole thing was behind the Carlsbad Raceway because so many people uh, race there, you know, um, major races, nationals, I mean, local guys, um, you know, everybody shows up and just has so many stories. I mean, you know, 
the the last one we had um we had Garrett Volsink and it was just it was just incredible. It was just like I I dreamed of getting him there one day and just out of the blue it was just like, Okay, he, he came and it was like, Oh my god, this is crazy. No kidding, and and that's uh, that's of course Carlsbad's the location where uh, where Garrett himself took some uh, to some race wins, and this this in, in 2018 will be the sixth year of the uh, the Carlsbad Union. I was able to attend last year, as well as uh, our good friend uh, Dan Greery, who uh, who recently yeah. had uh, had a heart attack, and thanks to uh, the the magic of modern medicine, he will most likely be able to return to that event, and uh, I'm excited about that because uh, I like to see my buddy Dan. Yeah, you know, what it was a few years back and uh Roger was coming to the uh, event and I I got together with Dan and did uh we came up with this idea and he he had these mannequins of of it was Walsink and DeCoster and he had them, you know, in his in his vintage vault pretty much and I go of course. and that's when he lived down here in in uh in North County. And uh, I go, you got to bring those things over here, and he's all oh, no problem. So, so we had the two mannequins, and they were like, you know, they looked lifelike pretty much. And uh, yeah, Dan's a cool guy. He uh, he does a lot of stuff on social media now because he lives in uh, Colorado, uh, puts up some awesome images, and uh, really cool guy to hang out with. Oh, for sure. Like that guy, I'll post a random photo. Uh, there's a friend of mine, one of the Canadian, an older Canadian racer named uh, Claude Giguere, uh sends me an email every day of just like random r- vintage motocross photos. Every once in a while, I'll just throw the one up on social media, see if anyone can name the guy. And it, like within minutes, Dan uh, ha- has exactly who it is, what year it was, and possibly what, what track it happened to be. The guy is a well of knowledge as far as uh, uh, like vintage motocross or motocross in general is concerned. So uh, glad. Yeah, he does. And, yeah, he's, he's he a does. sport. Luckily for him, I think he's retired now, so he has a lot of time yes. to, you know, That's true. do that stuff, and which is really good for us and uh, everybody out there on the social airways. Absolutely. Now, uh, do, you, do you see yourself uh, attending the like Day in the Dirt this year, or what? What kind of events are on the horizon for uh, for when the, the burner? Um. Actually, yeah, I probably will do the day in the dirt. Um, I'm, you know, I rode my 125 and a CR 500 last year, and and the 500 was an adventure because it was uh, those those, th- those things were monstrous. And then after I got off my 125, it's like um, I don't know, kind of crazy. But um, and the and the track gets really rough after after a while. You know, usually for the vintage stuff, it's the first race on uh, on Saturday, and uh, it, it's all smoothed out and everything. But after the races, after that, it, it gets pretty hammered, and it's hard to ride a vintage bike. And I'm out there with you know guys on you know modern 450s. <laughs> it's crazy. No I'm I was surprised that uh, like the the WUSA uh, World Bet Championships, which I ha- hope uh, hope to be uh, competing in this year, doesn't include a, a vet race. Maybe like the first moto on the on the Saturday uh, for vintage bikes, because uh, like the the old guys uh, do like the vintage bikes. It's uh, one of those things where a lot of times you yeah. kind of you, you you want the bike that maybe you had as a kid or the bike you wish you had as a kid, especially when it comes to one of those old Honda L yeah. or something. Like that. Yeah, it seems like that race brings out a lot more guys that just, you know, they don't race on a regular basis, but, you know, 
it, it's really cool to have vintage bikes there and everyone digs them. And so the guy, you know, digs out this, you know, Triumph or BSA or, yeah. or uh, old Yamaha, Suzuki's, whatever, you know, they just strap on a, you know, a number plate and go. So it's there kind, of, go, kind of cool. Um, another well, event uh, I got, uh, another event I got coming up in, uh, it's actually a race I'm promoting is, is at a local track here and it's called the Mini Madness. Um, I've been doing, this will be the 11th annual, not annual because I missed about five, five years now. We took a break for a while because the, the pit bike thing just kind of tanked there in whatever, 2007 or eight. And, um, we kind of took a break from it, but we're going to do it again on October 7th and it's all, uh, mini bikes on uh, at the Bronoics Raceway. It's, it's the raceway where I grew up racing, so I always have a love for that place. It's just really nice, you know. It's got a cool atmosphere, and uh, it's just you know a lot of older guys on mini bikes, and it is younger kids too. But um, it's all pretty much four strokes, um, you know, pit bikes, you know, CRF, KLX, whatever you got, you know, bring it out. So it's pretty neat. And then uh, at the same time, the Cal VMX has a vintage race going on the big track. So we got a good weekend coming up, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun there. I think we could spend an hour just going through Barona Oaks stories, whether it's uh, Ronnie or, uh, or or Ricky from the back in the day. Like those those stories and you guys racing those tracks back in the day is just like that. That is an absolute golden era in uh, in in mini bike riding in general. You guys like the the whole Indian Dunes thing, the whole bit. Uh, I, I would love to. Like we we could do an hour on that alone. Yeah, totally. Maybe I mean. We will. Like, I grew up, that was, like, one of the first places I started racing. It was, like, in 73. My dad was the president of the club. And, you know, every, I mean, we pretty much went there every weekend. You know, we'd go on, uh, you know, like, Friday night and spend the whole weekend camping. And it was, like, for a kid, it was just, like, a dream because, you know, they'd be out working on the track, you know, the parents and whatnot. We'd be out, you know, there's there's tons of acreage there and we'd be up hiking and you know making bmx tracks and and just like a lot of good memories there uh, rick was there a lot during that and you know a lot of other guys uh you know ron ronnie he's a little bit younger but they started coming out and then so every weekend it was like a big event for 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 all of us you know i mean after we you know and ended up up and racing there to be going you know we were going to carlsbad and saddleback then so yeah it was like uh, a great around there was was jim holly up and around at that, that, that time as well or was he did yeah. an area or what he's a little bit older than me but yeah i okay. did uh race minis with jimmy um and he was pretty much from the indian dunes area so they kind of went up there but we actually used to have uh nma nationals at barona um, it's a shame they don't do it anymore. I mean, there was there were some big races there, and all the you know Jeff Ward, uh, Holly, uh, you know Mike Brown. I mean, all all the guys you know were there, and um, it was really cool. Well, awesome. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to to hearing about that event. Hopefully, some good pictures come out of that. And uh, yeah, no kidding. Uh, you've got a, a ton of things on the calendar coming up. You're going to be a busy guy. Yeah, I know. I mean. 
just between working and racing, and uh, yeah, I'm busy. Not a lot of uh, time for other stuff. Awesome, man. Well, we'll let you get back to it. I know you're a busy guy, and I know it's Friday, so you probably want to uh, to punch the clock sometime soon. But uh, <laughs> um, always a pleasure to have you on the show, Scott. Where can people find you yourself on social media? Because uh, in addition to uh, the Maxima page, you yourself uh, post a lot of uh, like uh, posts about what you're promoting and some of the races that you'll be involved in, as well as uh, the Maxima side of things. So where can people yeah, find you? I'm- I'm uh, mostly on uh, Facebook and Instagram, uh, Scott Burnworth. I mean, and then I got uh, my race, Mini Madness MX, and uh, I got my SoCal Vintage MX Classic uh, page. So, I mean, you can pretty much find me anywhere on the social airways. No doubt. Well, let's uh, let, let's all go and and support those uh, those accounts. Follow and uh, and keep in touch with you, my friend. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Don't hang up just yet. But for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there. Thanks.